My company owed billions and was much too heavily leveraged. I was in debt personally for $900 million. One day I was walking down the street and I said to my then wife Marla, that beggar over there is worth $900 million more than I am. She said, what do you mean? I said, because I'm $900 million in debt and at least he has money in his pocket. That is a quote from Donald Trump's Think Big and Kick Ass, a fun book. And I reminded myself that I'd read it when the New York Times broke all this news that Trump had lost billions of dollars and taken billions of dollars of write-offs in the early 90s. This book is a lot of fun for a number of reasons. The primary reason is that it has a fast pace, it has a good flow, and it's a, about a character who at the time of the book's publication, 2007, no one would have thought would be president of the United States. Think about it. You, When you read this book and you read Trump's older books, you would not think to yourself, this person is writing to become president. And what do I mean by that? Well, you, if you're a public persona and you want to run for office, you're almost always going to take the safe route. What if I tell this bad joke? Or what if I talk about my vices? Or what if I talk about this? How might this play down the road? What's the media going to do with it? And Trump, <laughs> you read it, he talks about his love of beautiful women. He talks about his dating strategies. And you would say this guy has no shot to be president. And to me, that's the most fascinating aspect of Trump and the rise of Trump. I don't understand. Well, I, I do understand. There's a lot of reasoning behind why people think this. Primarily cognitive dissonance. People can't just admit they're wrong. But there was never what I called the Great Reset on November 8, 2016. The Great Reset would have been, or the Great Reboot would have been to say, okay, Trump won. I need to go back in time and re-examine all of my beliefs about the world, all of my beliefs about who experts are and aren't. I need to reboot my thinking and update my software and update my mental model. That never happened because to reboot yourself would be to admit that you had made mistakes. And that is not something Trump was afraid to do. The book Think Big and Kick Ass is full of self-criticism, self-analysis. I'll give you an example. He said that he lost momentum and found himself in those bad predicaments because he was too busy chasing women and partying. He didn't actually care about his businesses anymore. He owns it. How many people do that? How many people owns it? This is Trump speaking. Reality taught me an important lesson. I could not have it both ways. If I wanted to be the greatest, the amazing Donald Trump who makes everything he touches turn to gold, then I needed to focus. He goes on and on and on about how he'd lost focus and he was caught up in the party game, part of part of the Playboy set, going to the mansions and doing all those other things. Why didn't reporters when Trump won and political pundits and other alleged experts when Trump won say, wow, yeah, I, I was lost focus. I was looking at the wrong people. I was looking at the wrong issues. I was looking at the wrong conception of Trump. That never really happened. And of course, that's why Trump continues to astound the media and why they don't actually understand it. One thing you'll, one thing, one trait, one pattern you'll notice in Trump's writing. And that's why it was a travesty that the media hasn't reviewed his books is he is probably the most self-confident human being to have ever walked the planet. In an article in Politico, which I linked to, Earlier today, he talked about, they, the article calls him delusional. 
And I find it fascinating. I always find it fascinating how people recast what is happening. Donald Trump is delusionally self-confident. I don't know. He's president of the United States. People plan their entire lives. Hillary Clinton planned her entire life to become president of the United States. And she didn't make it. So how is it that somebody who actually makes it is delusional? Wouldn't you actually say that delusional people are those who claim that Trump's delusional? It doesn't make sense. And if you read Trump's book, you realize he has an extreme amount of self-confidence and he goes into the thinking and the mindset process. Another aspect of Trump that people miss is he is a mindset thinker. He grew up in the church of positive thinking. Norman, I think the guy's name is Norman Peel. His book, The Power of Positive Thinking, was a massive success. And he was actually a minister and Donald Trump's parents took him as a child to these preaching sermons. And I would wonder how many people who attended those services applied those same principles to their lives. And here's Trump again in Trump's book, which was co-written by somebody who did what was called the Learning Annex. And we can talk about that at another time, what the Learning Annex was. I'm quoting, Worry, fear, and indecision destroy focus. To take charge of your life, you must conquer fear. My advice is simply to zap every negative thought as soon as it shows its ugly face. Stop the indecisive internal dialogue before it starts. That is your biggest enemy. You can have enemies at your door, deal with financial crises, fight legal battles, and face the biggest difficulties in life, and none of these things will have any effect on you if you control your mental dialogue. End quote. That, the book is full of affirmations. Trump's affirmation was survive until 95. He knew that if he made it through the crisis, then he would be fine. Survive till 95. That's a mantra. That's an affirmation. This is the kind of stuff, concepts that people call cognitive behavioral therapy. They call it self-talk. Scott Adams writes about it in his books. I've written about it. Many, many people have. And yet to this day, the media claims that Trump is a black box. Oh, no one can understand what Trump is. Oh, what is he doing? It's all so random. It's actually not random. Trump is the alignment of somebody who had mindset thinking. He had enough money to insulate him from some of his early business losses. He had enough working capital to take a lot of big risks people couldn't take. And that's what you need to succeed in America, that's why when I talk to people, I say a delusional self-belief is wonderful, but you're going to have some losses and you need ways to insulate yourself from those losses. Trump did have some help from his father. I think it's kind of silly to pretend he didn't. Trump was also very good at getting other people, especially banks, to risk their own money. I think it's silly to not mention that. I, I find it very silly when people who hate Trump say, oh, he's delusional. He's nobody. He's a loser. He's president of the United States. And despite being a so-called loser, he was always able to afford his jets and his yachts and his buildings. Just think about the cash flow. Just think about payroll. How many people are on payroll on Trump's properties? Tens of thousands of people at one time. I know what it is now. Has anyone here listening to this ever run a business and had to make payroll and know how hard that is and how stressful it is? Trump was somehow able to make payroll, buy the jets, buy the yachts, live in these buildings, and become president of the United States, but somehow he's a loser. Well, those people are a problem. The flip side are when people who like Trump try to pretend he didn't have help from his dad. I mean, come on. We all know that he did. We all know that he did more than he got, and he built it. 
let's all be honest. Let's all be real. And that's what makes Trump special is a lot of people start off with family money and they burn right through it. They don't accomplish anything. Trump started off with some family money and he built it. And moreover, look at his kids. Don Jr., Ivanka. Ivanka, politically, we might not agree with, but she is a successful entrepreneur. He has great kids. They've never been involved in these huge, massive scandals. Even when Don Jr. and his wife got divorced, there was no drama. The, there was no nonsense. There was no anything. These, <laughs> Their children are uniquely successful. So think about it. Again, think about it. Trump became president of the United States, ran all these businesses, made payroll, able was able to live his playboy lifestyle that every man growing up thinks that they would want to lead. And in truth, I've lived, I lived an interesting life and I think it's kind of overrated in a sense, but maybe other people don't. He raised five great kids, no problems, no drama, but he's the delusional person. Yeah, it's silly. So do what the reporters who cover Trump haven't done. Read of his read his books. I read Art of the Deal, and I like Think Big and Kick Ass a lot more than I like Art of the Deal. I'll tell you why. The best part of Art of the Deal is the week in the life. When you read that, if you think you're grinding and you're hitting it hard, you're going to think again because he lays it out how much he worked. And when I read that, I thought to myself, you know what, Cerno, you're not – really pushing yourself as hard as you possibly could. Push yourself. However, Art of the Deal is mainly a biography. Some people find it interesting. Some people find it motivational. I'm not hating on it. I like the book. If you're only going to read one, though, Think Big and Kick Ass is fun. It is co-written with somebody who worked at the Learning Annex, which I said I would talk about and I will briefly. If you were in LA in the 2000s, you would see a newsstand. I don't know. Do people have newsstands anymore? You would have the LA Times, the LA Weekly, and then these red boxes. And you would open them up and it was Donald Trump is going to speak about real estate or Tony Robbins is going to speak about Tony Robbins stuff. That was the learning annex. They built a huge business around getting people to come in and do self-help and self-development. That's who this book is co-written with. And the author of this talks about how he got Donald Trump involved in the learning annex and how much money he put up to get Trump in and the risk that he took. And that's why I love this book. It isn't written just as here I am, I'm Donald Trump or I'm whoever and look how cool I am and everything I'm doing is fun. It's written as a mindset book. You can highlight passages and say, yeah, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I hadn't thought about life this way. I'll give you an example that changed my thinking from this book. No matter what you do, think big. Thinking big is a driving force that achieved all the great achievements of modern life. I'll say that one more time. No matter what you do, think big. Thinking big is the driving force that has forged all the great achievements in modern life. That is a little clunky of a sentence, which is why I had to rephrase it. But it takes just as much time to close a big deal as it does to close a small deal. Thinking big takes as much effort as thinking small. Doing a small sale takes as much time as doing a large sale. I'm looking right now at, for example, a band for a cigar, my favorite kind of cigar, Cohiba. I don't have any left. These are hard to get and I have them. If I were going to sell you on a cigar, that would take me as many hours and apply the same techniques and tactics if I were going to sell you a house. You might not think that, but I've done it both. I've sold big ticket items and I've sold small ticket items, and I'm much more interested in selling big ticket items and small ticket items. For example, Rockfin, where you're listening to this at, only charges $9.95 a month, 
and people have access to full libraries, a book review podcast I've been doing with Ben Askren. They have access to all these great fighters, pro athletes, comedians, political commentators. It's only $9.95, but a $9.95 sale takes as much time and as much effort as a $99 sale. You wouldn't think that. I used to not think it either, but I can tell you that it's actually true and it actually matters that you just think big. So you're going to be thinking at all, think big. And this book is full of vignettes like that. And that's the value of it. It isn't just a man's story. And it's two men's story because the co-author is the founder of the Learning Annex. It's their story, but with their lessons learned along the way. And these are lessons that you can apply to your own life. Another lesson. We all have self-definitions. Give yourself a big definition. I've talked about this in my own master classes, my own mindset seminars. What is the story of you? How do you define yourself? Scott Adams, for example, I asked him, how do you define yourself? And he goes, well, you know, I don't define myself as a comic book artist because if I were a comic book artist, I would only draw comics. I think of myself as an entrepreneur because that gives me the freedom to invest in companies, start companies, license franchise, and that was his big breakthrough. Those of you listening should never say, I'm just a blank. Because whenever you say, well, I can't do that, I'm just a blank. I can't do, I'm just a blank. You're not just a blank. You have a self-definition. Give yourself a big definition. Because again, going back 45 seconds in this podcast, a minute this podcast, if you're going to have a definition, it takes as much effort to give yourself a big definition as a small definition. And you want to think big. There's works on affirmations. Today is a great day. I live in the greatest nation on earth. I have a great profession. It is great to be alive. There are plenty of opportunities for me to be successful today. That is from the book. Now, a lot of people listening to this, if you've read my other stuff and like my other stuff, this is all natural. Like, yeah, Mike, we get it. But there's people who follow me from politics and media who are, I can tell, really arguing with that. That sounds dumb. That sounds this. And my advice to them is just go away. Please go away. Because I operate out of abundance and I don't need negative people listening to me and then sending out negative vibrations through the hive mind of the collective consciousness. So if you think this is hokey and corny, even though the president of the United States wrote it and he used these methods to achieve his dreams and I've used similar mindset methods to achieve my dreams and I know other people have have and I've coached gosh knows how many people do it. If you think you're better than all these people, then that's fine. This isn't really the place to be. Here's another line. Big thinkers conquer their doubts. Doubt leads directly to failure. If you do not know how things turn out, you are not alone. None of us really know. End quote. Now, here's why that's important. We all, I was talking to a very successful uh, company founder today, and he said, I'm always paranoid, you know, but paranoid is good. And that's the sentiment of this book. Yes, it, you should have doubt. Everyone has doubt, but it's natural to have doubt. Nobody has to tell you when you're starting a company, you know, this might fail. You might have just made a huge mistake. That, 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 right? You, like, you get it. That's the default position. We, we all get it. It's a terrifying, terrifying act to start a company or to take a big risk or to push yourself in a way you have. It's we all know this. And we all know that failure is more probable than success. But eventually you'll succeed if you keep going through. That's why it's pointless to focus on the doubt. The doubt is always going to be there. The doubt isn't going to go away. Nobody has to teach you to doubt yourself. That's how you've been conditioned your whole life. And you have to learn to not focus on the doubt because focusing on the doubt is going to focus you on the problems. 
focusing on your vision is going to focus on your solution. It all opens together, blossoms like a flower. And we'll end with one kind of final quote. This is so deep, and you could spend a lot of time thinking about this. Your belief generates the power, the skill, and the energy to succeed at achieving your goals. I'll say that again. This is from the book. Your belief generates the power, the skill, and the energy to succeed at achieving your goals. Yes, belief is related to energy. Energy is related to dopamine. If you have a lot of dopamine, you're motivated. What's motivation? It's a biochemical process. If you were somehow able to inject yourself with dopamine, you would be amped up. You would be hyped. Motivational speeches hype you up. You go on YouTube and watch that. The, the last miles, I don't know, not the last mile, but Robert De Niro gives a great speech. Not De Niro, Al Pacino, whatever. I got the movie wrong. I don't care. I'm not going to edit this either. You go figure it out yourselves. But you watch those great motivational speeches and then you feel amped up. You feel hyped. Why do you feel hyped? Dopamine. That triggered a dopamine response. And then you feel motivated and you want to go out. You give those great motivational speeches before people have to get fired up, right? Fired up, ready to go. Here's something Obama did. Oh my God. Oh my God. I hated Obama. I'm crying right now because I'm listening. And how dare anyone ever praise anything Obama did, right? Obama's people every day, they wake up fired up, ready to go. Fired up, ready to go. Fired up, ready to go. They got hyped every day. They changed their state. They changed the amount of dopamine going through their body. Every day you do if you're a high school football coach, you're getting people hyped up before the game, get everybody charged up, running out, slamming into things. That's how I wake up every day because I know how to control dopamine in my own mind. I also only allow myself to listen to motivational material. And when people are negative on Twitter or elsewhere, I just block them. Why? Because you're you're impacting my dopamine, bro. You gotta go away. So if you believe in yourself the way I do, and trust me, I have doubts because everybody has doubts. Doubting is natural. You wake up amped. And when that energy is coming from your own mind and your own beliefs in yourself, your own beliefs in your vision, then you're fired up. And sometimes it's hard to contain your energy. That's why a lot of people accuse me of being drugs all the time, right? Right now, oh, it probably sounds like he's on drugs. No, I had two Zevias and a double espresso. I haven't even had Gorilla Mind today. So I haven't even had any kind of focusing agents or medicinal or anything. But I wake up fired up, charged up all the time because my body is creating more dopamine and creating more serotonin and creating more neurochemicals because I believe in myself. And then as I believe in myself, the feedback loop continues. So I believe in myself even more. I feel stronger. I go even longer all the time. This is how I have to be. Versus, um, you know, world is unfair. Everything's so sad. Well, then you don't have any dopamine. You don't have that energy well to draw into. So the more you believe in yourself, the more energy you're going to have. And it isn't woo-woo, new age nonsense. It's physiological. If you want more motivation, you want more dopamine. How do you get more dopamine? You believe in yourself. You take risks that are calculated. You find daily wins. You make it happen every day. You get amped. Or you just mantras. Or go watch those dopey YouTube speeches, but instead of clicking over from there to watch internet porn or something, which is what most people do because they become self-help addicts, watch the video, get hyped, and go do something. Go right to the gym or go take a walk without any smartphones or distractions in your own mind. Think through a problem that other people have that you want to solve. Don't think about your own problems. It never works that way. Think about how would I solve a problem for someone else? So get that dopamine, get amped up, and then go make it happen. 
Thanks for listening. Mike Sermich at Rockfin. If you like this podcast, follow me on Rockfin. Endorse me on Rockfin. You're listening to Mike Sermich reviewing Think Big and Kick Ass at rockfin.com.